Saturday morning, 10.30. I'm on my way to the gym in a few minutes, but uh, I just posted um, on my Instagram, I just posted a little clip of an old funny side project called Brozum. So Burzum is a uh, Burzum. I don't know how you even pronounce that band. It's, it's like a black metal band, very controversial. I don't know much about them. I think the the main guy is supposed to be right wing or something. I don't know. They're a very famous black metal band. And I don't know, six, six seven years ago, um, I started a little side project called Brosum, which is black metal for bros of Satan. And I think I made two songs. doesn't matter. I, I just posted this today. And um, uh, one gentleman on... on uh, on Instagram, sent me a DM and said, do you play any other instruments? And something like that. And I said, yeah, guitar, bass, piano, whatever. And he said, uh, why don't you add some guitars to Faderhead music? And I um, answered the same thing that I'm going to say right now. I get this question quite a lot when people notice that I can play guitar. And I don't think guitars and electronic music go very well together. Um, and the reason for that is that guitars are of a frequency spectrum that is very, very specific. It's very in the middle. If you think of frequencies, you have very low frequencies like bass and kick drums and stuff like that. And then you have very high frequencies like uh, cymbals and um Guitars and voice and most synths are in the middle of that. But um, guitars, distorted guitars, metal guitars, they are, they have this, I don't know, it's, it's this, I call it um, electric shaver uh, sound. It's like, kind of like that. And because they sit in, in the very middle, they have no lows and no highs. They always sound like garbage compared to synths, because synths they can go deeper than guitars and and um, uh, higher than guitars, so they have a frequency spectrum that sounds good and big. And um, what happens? And this is something if you listen to to songs and compare them, then you will absolutely notice. There's probably not a single uh, not a single song where this is done really well. If you have guitars in your mix and you have synths and you make the guitars the dominant thing, you have to kill the synth uh, frequencies at the bottom and at the top because otherwise it doesn't work. If you want the guitars to be um, the dominant element, so very metal, your synths will sound, they will sound weak. If you want the synths to be the dominant element, you have to make the guitar sound weak because you don't have to make the guitar sound weak, but then you leave the full frequency spectrum of the synths, which is much more to the bottom and much more to the high end than the guitars, and then your guitars just disappear. Um, so you either have synth sounds that, uh, like a, a song that's very like electronic and the guitars are weak as fuck, or you have like metal sounding stuff, but then you have very little power in the in the synth so it's kind of like there's no way to win this i mean that danny delta mode and i we've been trying this for years and obviously there's ways to to make this work in a way but it doesn't it doesn't interest me 
Um, on the 27.7 EP that came out in December last year, uh, December 2020, um, there's one song called Cyber Psychosis, just the second song, I think. And in that, there is a chorus, obviously. And in the chorus, I think it's the chorus, uh, I have a guitar riff in there. And this is the typical example of how you can make it work. The song Cyber Psychosis is an electro song. So the guitars in there are kind of almost buried in the mix. If you turn them off, you notice that they're missing, but it's not the first thing your ear notices. And that kind of works, but I don't know. There's no real point to uh, making that for Faderhead because, you know, every now and then, like once every 10 years, maybe one song, but other than that, this frequency thing, if you find, if you find a song where this really works well, and you have to be prepared if you send me this, for me to say, you have no idea what you're talking about. This sounds like garbage. But if you think you know a song or a band where this is done really well, um, then please send it to me. And it's probably not one of the Gothstein bands. It's not gonna be Frontline Assembly. It's not gonna be any of these kind of bands because they all sound terrible. The Corps, terrible. Everything is terrible in that kind of regard. Or it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we play like Decopes, this is a rock band and they also have some electronics. That's exactly what I was talking about. The electronics don't matter in Decopes. They probably, I don't know, I'm not so big into Frontline Assembly, but everything I heard from them is like, pff, it's not even close to being a good sounding, like 2022 standard album. Um, and, Maybe that's my problem. My problem might be that I'm listening to really, you know, top of the line electro stuff. Um, uh, um, you know, whatever, Skrillex or something like that. That stuff is mixed really well. It's big, it's loud, it's, it's you know, energetic. And if you compare that to some regular industrial metal, it just sounds like garbage. I'm very sorry to say, but it just sounds terrible. And, um, yeah, frequency problems and frequency context is a really important thing during production um, because you, you just can't, you can't have everything <laughs> loud at the same time. Or as, as I used to say, more bass in all frequencies doesn't work. <laughs> Saturday, 2.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> what you just heard uh, is the very intro, like just the kick and the, uh, I don't know, percussion snare, whatever you want to call it, um, of a track that I just made for the next album. Like not the one that's coming out uh, now, but maybe in a year or something. <laughs> um, obviously you only heard the first few beats, but um, I already, I don't know, I had the first ideas for this, and this always happens. Now that I have locked in the album, like I decided which songs are gonna be on there, and I'm very happy, there are many good songs. Now I start having ideas again. Usually um, I write a lot of demos and make a lot of you know music, and at some point I notice that I don't really make anything good anymore. And that's usually the point when I decide that I have to make an album. and. Um, then it takes a long time for me to make anything good. And usually it's <laughs> at the point where I 
how do you say that? Where I decided that the album is done as it is. Like right now, I know all the songs and how they're supposed to be. At that point, my brain starts generating ideas again. So, uh, yeah, this one is kind of interesting because um, it what you heard there is typical hardcore techno distorted kick drums. And I kind of mixed the, those kick drums with like a um, cyberpunk kick drum. And later there's going to be like a cyberpunk beat. It's also very slow for... For, for hardcore techno, hardcore techno is like whatever, 140, 160 BPM, um, 180. This is only 112. And so what I'm mixing here is like hardcore uh, techno kick drums with like a cyberpunk beat and then like a very cool EBM bassline, big, big bassline. Uh, think maybe Gesaffelstein Pursuit, but cooler, catchier than that. And um, yeah, I'm very happy. So uh, I already started writing the first song for the album after the next album. So uh, I'm happy with that. Cast. Sunday, 6.30 in the evening. I just got the news that I will be able to get the location that I wanted to rent for my uh, video shoot um, for four days in November. And it'll be at a price that uh, I can afford in my budget. And uh, so that's a very, 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 very good news. Um, because now I have, what is it now? Today is late August. So I have, I have like two and a half months to plan the whole thing, which is a good amount of time. It's not like uh, <laughs> movie movie planning amount of time, but it's very, very ample time. So uh, tomorrow I will start to sit down and um, maybe not tomorrow because tomorrow I'm very busy with other things. But um, I'm uh, first thing now that I have to do is to be uh, to start thinking about what videos I want to do two videos in four days. So the idea is to have one day for you know set building and setup, and then shoot that will be Thursday, and then on Friday shoot video one, which should be generally a little simpler. Then on uh, day two and three, which would be Saturday and Sunday, shoot video number two, um, which will be much more elaborate. And uh, I have a concept for video number two already, and we shall see. Now I need to make a concept for video number one and then start talking to all kinds of people. So if you are in Hamburg and you want to be in a crowd scene, because we're going to do, go do a throwback to Tanzfotreif, uh, it's going to be like Tanzfotreif uh, here 15 years later or something like that. Um, if you want to be in a crowd scene and you are energetic, and by that I mean uh, <laughs> we were, we're going to have it more like a, a concert set up so that people aren't standing on a dance floor and, and you know, doing goth dance, but it's going to be... Uh, you know, jumping and I'm not going to say mosh pit, but like that, it's like energetic crowd participation. Uh, if you want to do that and you have nothing better to do on, uh, what is it going to be? Uh, November 20th and 21st, one of these days, I'm not sure which one, probably 20th is Saturday. Uh, then pencil that in your, in your, uh, in your calendar and send me an email. Um, with uh, info about yourself, a little picture, 
Um, and then, uh, yes, send me that email to to what? To newsletter at faderhead.com or contact at faderhead.com. I don't think I have podcast at faderhead.com. Contact at faderhead.com is fine. Monday evening, 7.30. I just finished listing up all the Kickstarter items that uh, people can get on the Kickstarter. And um, on previous campaigns, I've done three campaigns for the, what, what was it, FHX, Night Physics, and Asteria. I listed a few things, and then I got a lot of questions. Can I also combine this with that? Which are legitimate questions. Can I combine the EP with the shirt, or no shirt, or just the shirt? And um, uh, Kickstarter doesn't make it easy for you to do that. So what I did this time was I just listed everything. So you can have, uh, I don't know, a CD with a shirt or just a CD or just a CD with a shirt and a cap or a CD with a shirt and a cap and, and sorry, no cap uh, and a beanie. Or you can have a CD and a shirt and a cap and a bottle of gin, or you can have the bottle of gin on your own, or just the shirt, or just the shirt and the gin. So like all kinds of combinations. Um, and that way it'll be uh, a lot easier for you guys to figure out what, what it is that you actually want. And also easier for me and um, organizing all that, because otherwise it's gonna be quite a clusterfuck i wish i really wish um kickstarter had a little bit better a uh, back-end system because uh they don't make it that easy for you to to organize all that anyway that's going really well um i am still trying to figure out the cover artwork because as i said in another uh voice note on this podcast here i wasn't very happy with the original artist but luckily on Saturday, last Saturday, I talked with my longtime friend, Daniel Maya, not the how job Daniel Maya, but uh, Joe's brother, um, who lives in California now. And he is a great, great, great designer slash tattoo artist. And uh, we will talk later this week again. And uh, uh, he wanted to talk to me about music making. And uh, in, this, in this way, we, we're just going to trade skills and I'll help him with some music and he'll help me with the uh, cover artwork. And uh, as soon as I have something, I will post it. That was also a mistake I made with the previous Kickstarters, that I didn't have the album artwork ready very early. Um, very often that wasn't to be avoided, but you know, if you plan for it, you can avoid it. And I think a lot of people didn't buy any uh, album artwork merch like shirts or uh, you know, tote bags or something like that because they didn't know on Asteria what the album artwork was going to look like. And I mean, I personally, if a band that I really like offers me a shirt and I don't know what it's going to look like, I'm not going to buy it. It's totally understandable. Um, so this time I'm going to try to get the album artwork, get the album artwork done before um, the Kickstarter ends. So if you are one of these people, and uh, I might not get the album artwork done like when the Kickstarter begins. But if you're one of these people who um, wants the might want a shirt or like a printed item, but uh, the album artwork isn't there, just wait towards the end of the Kickstarter because at some point I will have the artwork ready and put it up so you know what it'll look like. Uh, yeah, that's still the early stuff on the on the Kickstarter still getting things lined up but uh 
It's looking good. It's looking good. Um, got a really nice, very nice bottle, uh, bottle shape on the gin bottle. Uh, so there still now needs to be some some work done on the on the label. I don't think I will get that done in a, a week or two because I have no idea what labels like that usually look like. So that's going to be an interesting part. I will talk about that at some point uh, in the future. But the the, the gin bottle that uh, I was uh, that I picked that looks really nice. I'm very very happy with that. And uh, unfortunately, the the gin item is one of the lowest money making things on the on the Kickstarter because I think the every bottle and because I'm, I'm getting a very very low number of bottles usually you buy whatever I, what are, what are, a thousand bottles for one bottle to have a good price but if you get what, what am, what am I going to get 50 to 100 bottles that's going to raise the price per bottle to something like 25 euros um, so in in uh, general merch I don't really care about the money because the merch helps um with branding, people are happy to wear it if it's nice, and they wear it out, and they market market my band. That's cool. So if there's not a big margin on that, that's fine for me. But with a with a gin bottle at a Kickstarter, um, where the only point of the Kickstarter is to make money, really, it really is the only point. Um, it it's kind of difficult. If the bottle is twenty five euros and I put it up for thirty, that's way too little. There's too much effort for these five bucks. So I'm probably going to have to put it at 40 or 45. But uh, luckily, and that's why what I'm talking about, that's why I'm happy that the bottle is so nice. Um, because I like the shape, at least, you know, the gin is uh, supposedly really nice, according to, to Jörg. Uh, so even if you kill the whole bottle very quickly, um, you can still keep the bottle and refill it with other gin. <laughs> Fader cast. Wednesday morning, 7.50. I, uh, I've been up for a while writing the September newsletter, which just went out half an hour ago or something. And I just started setting up the Kickstarter campaign. And uh, unfortunately, I noticed that uh, being the <laughs> probably American company that Kickstarter is, they prohibit giving alcohol as a reward. Um, it's a little... It's a little weird. They say um, that any type of reward that may be dangerous to people um, is off limits. So uh, I guess there's not going to be gin for the Kickstarter. Um, that doesn't mean there won't be gin ever. But uh, I'll think about it. Maybe I'll just offer it. <laughs> on the side or something i'll i'll have to think about it i, I don't want to um you know fuck around with the campaign because uh i don't want kickstarter to pull the campaign and and uh you know uh, create problems there but i'll have to think about how to do that um or i will just have the 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 gin at uh, future concerts i don't know yet um, that's something I will leave for later in the process. Probably when the album has gone to, gone to the pressing flat. Sorry, uh, still early. Anyway, that was one, it's just one of the hiccups 
that happen when you have an idea and uh, someone says, no, I <laughs> can't do that with us because we're scared, scared of uh, people drinking too much and then suing us for selling them the drink or something like that. Wednesday, September 1st, 6.30, no, 5.30. I am on schedule with recording the vocals for the album, which means I just started, I just did the first song. And um, what that means is I obviously have demo vocals, so I just go through the song and re-record all the vocals, usually line by line. Um, some... Uh, musicians, some singers, they like to do the whole song through. I absolutely don't like doing that. Um, I, I just go every line um, and then record that line of lyrics um, maybe 20 times. And I do different kinds of, uh, what do you call it, different kinds of uh, expressions on my voice. So sometimes it'll be like, whoa, lower. Sometimes it'll be like more nasal, like that. Um, and I do all kinds of different um, stresses, pauses in the in the line. What I'm going to do now is I'm just going to to uh, to um, what's the word for that to uh, to show you. <laughs> that's the easy word um, to illustrate. That's what I wanted to say. To illustrate that, I am right now. I'm going to just put three different um, singing versions of one of the lines of one of the songs uh, right in here. You had coldest eyes tattooed on your bones And now you're frozen into place You had coldest eyes tattooed on your bones And now you're frozen into place you had coldest eyes tattooed on your bones And now you're frozen into place So on these you saw there's differences in all of them And once I'm done recording all the vocals, all the lines in all the parts of the song 20 times or whatever, uh, how long I need to have the feeling that I got good ones then I go back and then I listen to all of them, just like you listen to them right now. And I don't listen to three of them. I listen to 20 of them for, for each line. And then I pick the ones that I like the most. Um, so basically one verse is not me singing it once. It is me singing it 80 times or something and then picking the good parts that I like. And this is not just me doing it. I mean, pretty much everyone does it exactly like that. Uh, this is called comping, um, which is probably uh, short for compiling. Um, you record a bunch of takes and then you comp the final take, which is going to be what's on the album. And what then gets edited and tuned and whatever, if you want to have tuning on it. So the things that you heard a little earlier, they're completely untuned. And... Um, if you have no experience with that, you will probably have a hard time hearing a difference. If you have a little bit of an ear for music, you will hear a big difference between the three uh, takes that I put there. So um, this is going to be my next week and a half where I'm going for two songs per day. Two songs per day for me is, is pretty good for um, 
keeping my voice sharp and not getting too bored. So that way I can just record every day. If some, some singers or some producers, they do too many songs per day, or maybe because the, the artists don't have money for studio rental and stuff like that. So they do eight songs in a day, and the last five songs sound like crap because the voice is just shot, depending on the music, obviously. If you just do funky, easygoing folk or something like that, then it's not going to be that much of a problem. Um, in my case, two a day is a good thing. My voice stays fresh. I stay fresh. I don't get bored. Um, and that's what I'm going to do for the next, I don't know, 17 songs divided by two. That's like nine days. Let's say it's nine days. Thursday, 4.20. Smoking time. <laughs> if I was uh, a weed smoker, I would be smoking now. Uh, I'm actually sitting in my studio procrastinating. And I just posted a story on Instagram about how uh, <laughs> how I'm not starting to vo vocal warm up uh, for recording today and instead uh, post a picture because that's super effective. Um, I don't procrastinate that much, but I do procrastinate regularly. If you don't know what the word means, it means you push off things into the future that you're supposed to do right now. And... Um, the way I deal with this, uh, probably everyone does this. So, uh, and I, I don't like not doing things I'm supposed to do. Um, but obviously, I do it. And um, the way I deal with it when it annoys me is I make a list of things that I'm afraid of. So, uh, let's take this example. Today, I'm supposed to uh, redo all the vocals on the upcoming first single of uh, the next album and um, yesterday I just sat down and did my stuff and uh, even if you factor in the fact that uh, humans have different types of days where you have more energy less energy whatever if I procrastinate on something like this um, my strategy is to say okay what am I actually trying to avoid here and vocal recording is not a lot of fun, but, you know, I've done it a million times. It's not something that I'm afraid of, really. So what am I trying to avoid is the fact, um, and this is what came out when I thought about it, the fact that so far I picked the single, I thought it was a very strong song. Everyone who heard it said it's a strong song. And now there's a ch chance that I fuck it up. And the chance could be that my vocals don't turn up, turn out as good as I want them. Um, that maybe they even make the song worse than it was. And this is not a big thing because I mean I can I can work around that, but it it's still enough subconsciously to uh, make me try to avoid the work. Obviously, most of um, most of you, just like me, know once you start, it's really not that hard. And you wonder, why did I put this off for so long? But um, this technique of just saying, what are the reasons that I'm avoiding this? What am I afraid of? What is it that... How can I say? It doesn't scare me, but it's like, what is... One of the negative outcomes that I expect uh, to happen when I do this. 
Um, because very often there are things in our mind that don't that's that are not clear to us in the moment unless we actually focus on trying to get them get them out uh, in a in a precise manner and I, so i sat there thinking like dude it's like two hours you sp you've been watching youtube videos and hey there's a there's a lawyer who talks about the u.s women's soccer team lawsuit whatever why not watch that you know at that i was at that point and, and then at that point uh it, this was a very interesting video by the way <laughs> if you're interested in uh the u.s women's soccer team uh, suing uh, someone i don't know fifa or the their own their own com like soccer corp federation or something like that. Uh, watch Nate the lawyer. He has a very interesting, interesting video on that. Um, uh, what's my point? I'm not getting to the point. The point was at some point I noticed I was just watching the most useless stuff, and I really don't like people who say they want to do something and then they procrastinate and never get stuff done um, because I think I don't know. If it's only their time, their time and their life, I don't care. But if that, that intersects with my time and my life, uh, it annoys me. So um, I don't like to be one of these people. So I was just looking at my behavior and saying, okay, what is it that you're actually trying to avoid? And in this case, it was just making the song worse or not making it what it could be in my head. And as soon as I did that, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go. Let's start. Let's start. Then made some tea, started up the vocal warm-up, and uh, uh, ready to go now. So I thought I'd just, uh, before I start uh, recording the, the song, I talk about that real quick. Even though this is a little bit of a ramble, I think it might be a very good way for some of the people who listen to this to deal with their own procrastination because every one of us does it. 7 p.m. That was quick and it sounds really fucking good. So as usual, um, as I said a little earlier, the idea that, uh, or the, what do you call that? The experience, the, the fact that you always procrastinate on something and as soon as you start, you think, that wasn't too bad at all. Um, yeah, it sounds very, very, very good. Um, I was when I was just listening back to the track with the new vocals. I was just thinking, man, I can just see the whole of Agra Halle at VGT, like all the seven thousand people or all the people in the hangar at Meera Luna, just going crazy. And maybe this could be one of the tracks that replaces Tanzwudreifi at the end of the set. We'll see. It's a good one, and I'm very happy with the recording. Fadercast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fadercast. If you have any questions or suggestions, just email me at contact at fader.com. You can obviously also find me on all the socials, uh, on Instagram, at FaderheadOfficial, and everywhere else under Faderhead. Please be a friend and tell a friend about this podcast. And until next time. Fader Coast. Fader Coast.